Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's pick up in chapter 6, verse 11 for our devotions. Paul has just encouraged Timothy not to be taken away by the love of money, which is the, the, the root cause of all sorts of evils. Instead, instead of getting pierced by all these griefs, he says in verse 11, but you, man of God, flee from these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. It's a beautiful theme, but you, man of God, but you, you're different. I mean, the world's gonna go this way, but you're gonna go that way. This may be commonplace, but as for you, you'll see that come up in 2 Timothy as well. But as for you, man of God, but as for you, that may be the norm, but you're different. Everybody else is pursuing after the love of money. And as a result, he said, they've by craving it, by craving wealth, people have wandered away from the faith and they've pierced themselves with many griefs. But as for you, you flee from those things. If you remember in chapter three, verse three, in the qualifications for a pastor, it was said that he's, he's not greedy. He's not greedy. That applies well here too. He's not consumed by the love of money. And he's not, as the King James would even render it, uh, uh, going after filthy lucre, meaning he's not trying to, he's not, he's not pursuing sketchy ways of earning money. He's not greedy. He's satisfied, he's content with what he has. And because he's not greedy, he's not consumed by the love of money that it leads to all sorts of evils and by which people have even left the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. I remember the very first cruise that Jesse and I went on. I gotta be careful saying that because I know that cruises cost a lot of money here, but they were very, very, very cheap <laughs> when we lived in Pensacola and cruised out of Mobile, Alabama. The whole vacation was like 200 bucks. Uh, but the very first cruise we went on, uh, we met a guy and uh, he was a youth pastor. And I had been a youth pastor for a little while at that point, uh, but just, just, it felt like five minutes. I'd only been a youth pastor for maybe a few years and I didn't feel like I knew, any, knew enough to teach anybody anything, but this guy had been a youth pastor for three months and he was on his honeymoon with his wife and that, that was the cruise. And so I remember the Lord clearly laying on my heart, like give him a heads up about stuff. You may, don't, you're, you're not a seminary professor yet, but you know enough about starting off in ministry that you can teach him some of this stuff because you know, you've tried stuff that failed and so talk to him, encourage him. And we just hit it off right away. And man, it was so fun because we were at the same dinner table on the cruise ship and we would get together and eat our our chocolate lava cakes, <laughs> you know, two or three a night because uh, we're on vacation and uh, and just hit it off and talk about ministry. And it was so incredibly cool. And then we became Facebook friends. We kept in touch for several years because that was like, that was that was 10 years ago or more. Oh man, it was 11 years ago now. Wow. And then over the time, staying in touch with him on Facebook over the years, you see that like he got an opportunity to do something in sports management. And then he just started volunteering at his church and then he stopped preaching at his church and then he no longer identifies as a youth pastor and then the content of the stuff that he put out on Facebook over the years began to change and shift and become really money oriented and then he, then it became profane and then sometimes even kind of sexually inappropriate I was like wow that's been a that's been a journey because the last time I saw this guy in person we were on the deck of the the Carnival Holiday that then I think it's been scrapped since it went onto the Costa Line, but it was this like 1980s cruise boat that was puny compared to what they have today. And uh, it was just fun for us because it was our very first cruise and we were just talking about student ministry. And he just got wrapped up in the things of the world. 
And, and something as simple as his Facebook feed, you could just see that he was just drifting away from ministry and eventually away from God. And it was, this, it was true of this. It was true of, of what's described here in this text. But you, man of God, flee from these things. It's not, it's, it's not that pastors are supposed to be impoverished. Okay, we've already seen from this very book that the one who labors at preaching and teaching is, is due an ample honorarium, a double honor. Make sure that he's paid well so that he can do this thing. But he's not greedy for it. He's not greedy. Okay, make sure that your pastor, if you're tuning in from another city, don't aspire to pay your pastor as little as possible. Look at what it costs to live in your area and make sure that he can afford a house that has at least as many bedrooms as he has kids, okay? Uh, minus one, because he and his wife ought to, I hope, share a bedroom. <laughs> so like whatever that costs near the church, pray that he's able to afford that and pay him accordingly. Um, but then he doesn't need to make, he doesn't need to make a million dollars a year. No pastor needs too much money, uh, too much money to do his job. If he's insisting upon it, then he's greedy. If you want to just bless your pastor with a salary that's above and beyond uh, the norm, go for it you know, uh, be good stewards of your money. But if he's demanding it, if he's greedy, then watch out, watch out. He's, he's supposed to flee from that stuff. He's supposed to flee away from that stuff. Instead, to pursue righteousness, to pursue godliness, to pursue faith. Man, he's gotta be the kind of man who goes through that fire and he comes out on the other side with his faith intact. I mean, that's a faith that can withstand the flames and all they do is refine his faith. That he would pursue love. I mean, he is patient, he's kind, he's gentle with everyone. He's not rude, he's not boasting, he's not self-seeking, but he always hopes, he always trusts, he always perseveres. By that love, 1 Corinthians 13 says, he will never fail. May he be a man who pursues righteousness, godliness. He has integrity. When he sins, he repents. When he messes up, he confesses it and he walks away from it. He keeps on pursuing righteousness, pursuing godliness. He endures trial with faith and he has love and he endures in this. It's not just a flash in the pan thing. It's not like, he had, oh, he had a few good years there and now he's gone. No, he endures. This calling upon his life is irrevocable. He's got to serve in some capacity and minister some way. Unless he radically disqualifies himself from ministry, He's got to endure in this over time. He's got to endure, and he does so with gentleness, verse 11 says, with gentleness. This is something I've had to get better at because my preaching, uh, my preaching tends to be just, uh, very passionate, and sometimes that can be misconstrued as though I'm angry when I'm preaching. Uh, I'm not angry. I just really, really mean it, and I really want you to hear it. And so I've had to learn uh, over time really what, what more and more what pastoral gentleness means. This is the standard. This is what Paul is calling Timothy to under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. The whole world's chasing after money, but as for you, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 11.